0: Welcome aboard to Cruise Radio, your home port for everything cruising and more. Subscribe to our newsletter and weekly radio show at
2: cruiseradio.net. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Cruise Radio.
0: Last week we were in Nassau, Bahamas, hanging around the brand new luxury cruise ship, the Oceana Marina. And we met up with luxury cruise counselors, Jim Work and Bob Miller. We're going to talk to them in just a bit. But first, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, joins us. What's up, Stuart?
3: Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug.
0: You were in Falmouth, Jamaica last week, right? I was. Tell us about that.
3: Well, I I will tell you, I flew in the day before, so I got a chance to see the uh, town with final preparations. And, you know, if if I was Royal Caribbean and I was on the ground making the call, I would have said, uh, they're still not ready. Right. but uh, I, I will tell you uh, the next morning when we returned which was uh, just as the, the ship was uh, entering the channel and uh, backing up uh, it was a completely different uh, experience they had police everywhere um, and uh, you know, there's it was limited access into the port area and a lot of people don't realize this isn't like a, a big town this this is a town that you know began in the in the late 1700s, mm-hmm. 1769 and you know the the courthouse there was from 1851 and not much has changed there since the mid-1800s wow. so this was kind of like you know back to the future where you know the voyager of the seas was uh... the delorean uh-huh. <laughs> and you know all of a sudden we're being transported back two hundred forty two years and what was really moving was the i mean thousands of of jamaicans came from you know falmouth surrounding areas and other parts of jamaica the rooftops, the courthouse was mobbed. The square was mobbed. Uh, uh, the buildings, you know, surrounding the area were just full of people, and they were just, you know, people just lining the streets, you know, entering uh, the the port. And it was it was really moving. They, you, you would have thought Christopher Columbus was arriving.
2: Nice. But well, what about the Voyager? How did the first day go for Royal Caribbean there?
3: It, it really went well. I was, you know, I saw the passengers. They got off. They, had, they were met by marching bands, and uh, you know, they went into the. Uh, onto the the, the port, and, you know, they were distracted by guys on stilts and and different entertainment (laughs) in order to distract them from the construction that was still going on.
0: Look over here, look over here, not there. But,
3: um, you know, the people getting off were well-prepared. Royal Caribbean did a great job preparing the customer, you know, the guests to understand that this is a work in progress. And the the tours went off uh, great, but what was most gratifying was the, the Voyager, as it was leaving, the, you know, keep in mind that we're you know, 6.30, you know, almost 7 o'clock at night when the ship left, and the, 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 every passenger deck was, was filled with passengers and crew from Voyager of the Seas applauding and cheering for the people of Falmouth for what they pulled off that day.
2: Very cool. Let me ask you this. I want to know this, and I'm sure a bunch of our listeners do too. Is Falmouth safe? Yes. Okay.
3: They, they had plenty of police, but it was absolutely uh, a very, very safe experience.
2: Let's go to Galveston,
0: where fog was a factor in preventing Carnival and Royal Caribbean ships leaving.
3: Yeah, well, actually, not only leaving, uh, Matt, but there was also uh, delays. Uh, One of the Carnival ships was delayed by a day on getting in because the port was closed because there was zero visibility. Now, this isn't the first time. Carnival and Royal Caribbean don't control the weather. It is what it is, and uh, this is just an example of why you need to communicate with the cruise line and or your travel agent to kind of assess the situation during during the winter months. When but, a ship uh, can't
2: come in like that, does it just sit out in anchorage until the fog lifts?
3: Well, it, they it would just kind of tool around like they normally would okay. uh, while they're waiting, wasting but gas. In, in this case, they were. I mean, it was like a, uh, you know one of those situations where they're you know they, they could you know tell them to go at any time, but unfortunately, you know the passengers waiting to get on the ship who are delayed a day. Um, you know, didn't, didn't you know, weren't too happy because their vacations were essentially going to be cut short. But uh, Carnival, you know, for the passengers, there was a five-day cruise that was sh- cut short by two days, so it was a three-day cruise. And if you didn't want to take it, they gave you a discount off for future cruise plus a full refund. If you did take the cruise, they gave you 50% off of uh, future cruise, and they gave you half your money back. Oh, well, fair enough. So, I mean, they, they really did a, a nice job, and, um, you know, you just got to be understanding it's weather.
2: While we're on the uh, subject of carnival, big party at Long Beach on uh, what Saturday night as they celebrated carnival going back into service on Sunday.
3: The carnival splendor uh, returned to service on uh, Sunday the twentieth, uh-huh. and uh, you know they they had the uh, you know, ship was in San Francisco, got two generators and one new engine, and that engine was actually flown in from Italy. It was supposed to be for uh, Carnival Magic. So there's a little magic and splendor now. Oh, wow. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the ship is uh, ready to go, and they certainly learned from the experience. They're still working on the causes. But uh, needless to say, 47,000 passengers were displaced from uh, sailing on the Mexican Riviera. And I know that everybody's happy their ship is back because it was uh, greatly needed for the economy there.
2: Oh, Good, good for them. Uh, Savannah, Georgia added again, huh?
3: Well, the, the latest was, I guess, you know, the, the, lo- the uh, state legislature is trying to push through what they can in order to give, I guess, money and support to the port. And what, you know, the, the folks in Savannah uh, have got to understand is, you know, they may be a stopover as far as on, a, on an itinerary from other places, but its chances of being a home port are very, very slim because of its uh, close proximity to Charleston and, and Jacksonville and you know, the bottom line is they can't get on a seven-day trip, you can't get to the Caribbean and because it's only like within an hour or two of both Charleston and Jacksonville, it's only going to source passengers from the same area and weaken all three so their chances are slim.
0: Would major cruise lines put their ships there?
3: I think it may just be doing what it's doing now where it's a stop-off on from other ports so if you're coming down from let's say New York or Baltimore for example uh, and they may want to stop in, in Savannah, but uh, there, but being a turnaround port, it's not going to happen.
0: All right, let's move on. Very sad news for the four people who were killed by the Somali pirates uh, on their on their yacht.
3: Yeah, you know they they were they were taken hostage uh, last week uh, off the coast of Oman, which was uh, you know quite a distance from uh, the African coast uh, near Somali, Somalia. But that really just shows the the danger of of going on a cruise in that area. Because you know, you know, the other cruise ships have been uh, attacked or attempted to be attacked uh, over the years. It's only a matter matter of time because these pirates are are much uh, are are going much farther uh, than than Somalia. It's mu- it's much more than a thousand mile range now, and they're becoming quite brazen. And uh, you know, it's just not an area of the world I would want to be going on a cruise. You know, Oman, Yemen, which you know those two countries are off the coast of Somalia and you know of course these these cruises do depart out of Dubai but uh, now, now is not the time to you know to risk the ships or, or the passengers. All right, thanks, Stuart. Matt, Doug, it's always a pleasure. Have you been dreaming
0: lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean?
1: One. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise one. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun? Cousin? Or New England? Or Canada? Or Italy? Or Greece? Or the Far East? Or how about a cruise, cruise around, around the whole world? world? I
2: and you on your way. Cruise One, number one in
4: cruising
1: nationwide.
0: Cruise One. Cruise one. Yeah! Cruise one. cruise one. has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll-free. 1-800 cruise and the number one. That's 1-800-Cruise One. Or find us online at cruiseone.com. Number one in If you're like Doug and you rack up a $500 texting and cellular phone bill (laughs) while you're cruising, you've Uh got to look into this. Again, the AT&T cruise ship passport. Stay in touch while you're out at sea. $35 a month. The package provides the following services while on the cruise ship cellular network. 15 minutes of voice and 15 messages sent. That's text, picture, and video.
2: The cool thing about this package from AT&T is the fact that you can turn it on and off as you cruise. I'm turning mine on, and I'm turning mine right back off until my next trip. This way, I'm not always getting charged $35 a month.
0: Service is available on more than 140 cruise ships while on the cellular at sea network. For a list of cruise ships, go to att.com slash guide. To sign up for the AT&T cruise ship passport, log on to your AT&T wireless account at att.com slash mywireless or call 916-843-4685. Overture rates are two forty nine dollars a minute, $0.50 cents per text message sent, and $1.30 per picture or video message sent. Messages received while on the cruise ship will continue to be charged at your normal domestic rate episode, we give you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week.
2: If your upcoming cruise plans include a Europe cruise that embarks or calls in Amsterdam, get ready for the opening of the world-famous Kuchenhof Gardens on March 24th, which lasts through May 20th. The theme
0: this year is Germany, land of poets and philosophers. So highlights will include various inspirational gardens with a German twist such as a flowering bulb mosaic of Berlin's Brandenburg Gate. Also, the official opening of Kuchenhof 2011 will be performed by Bettina Wolff, the wife of German president Christian Wolf. In addition, the Kuchenhof, KLM, and the Netherlands Board of Tourism are celebrating the season by sending one lucky fan to the exclusive VIP opening day at Kuchenhof as well as to the opening of the Blossom exhibition at the Van Gogh Museum. Go to facebook.com slash visitholland to submit a creative image of a tulip and you might win the VIP trip for two to Holland. We have with us Jim Work and Bob Miller, both luxury travel counselors, hanging out in Nassau, Bahamas, where the the sweet smell of scam is in the air. Welcome to Cruise Radio.
4: Thank you. Thank you. We're right in front of the Oceana Marina. Um, Your first thoughts of the ship? I've been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to sail on the three other ships, the Regatta, the Nautica, and the Insignia, and I'm just blown away by the, the magnitude and the beauty of the marina.
1: So... I'm just in love with the ship. What about you, Bob? I think the ship is magnificent. I think it complements the Oceana line very well. It's very um, true to the Oceana brand, but it does have twice the number of guests. It's more than twice the size. And uh, I think any guest that has been on Oceana before knows what a, what a fantastic product it is, what a great value it is, and, and, and Marina holds true to that.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. The CEO, or let's just say the people in charge are art enthusiasts, and they're very much into interior decor, which obviously shows throughout the ship.
4: That's true. You know, the CEO, Frank Del Rio, and the president of of Oceana Cruises, Bob Bender, have uh, for the last several years when the the talk of building a brand new ship, and actually this is the very first ship that was built from ground up through Oceana, as the other three ships in their fleet were part of another line before, uh, really started searching the world for great products for uh, wonderful artists uh, wonderful upholstery some of the best linens and you you feel it and experience it well on board the Oceana marina
0: for a luxury line it's pretty affordable though too it's, they they kind of uh, market themselves to where you could actually get the most out of a, out of a luxury cruise for a pretty decent price right
1: bob that's true. So if you look at uh, where Oceana's positioned themselves in the market, they're sandwiched between the premium lines such as Holland America, Celebrity, Princess, and the true luxury lines such as Crystal Cruises and Region 7 Seas Cruises. So on a per diem basis, you're um, basically looking at around $250 per person per day to sail aboard Holland America. and But prior to Oceana, the next jump up was, for example, Crystal or Regent, which is more in the neighborhood of $500 per person per day. Oceana started um, with a philosophy that it wanted to sandwich itself between a sweet spot between those two so that people could experience a luxury product but without jumping to the $500 per person per day cost. And so Oceana, basically their cruises run about $350 to $375 per person per day. Uh, For that rate, all the specialty dining restaurants are included. The cuisine is phenomenal. The specialty restaurants are complimentary, as I mentioned. Bottled water is complimentary. Soft drinks are complimentary. Really, the only thing guests pay extra for of course, our spot treatments and alcoholic beverages.
2: Well, let's talk about the staterooms for a second, because uh, a lot of the new ships we see, they have more balconies than anything in the room. And I understand, this is actually two questions. I understand that um, there's not a lot of interior staterooms for one on this ship. And also, uh, what are the staterooms like on this ship?
4: Well, actually, the, the other three ships in the Oceana fleet also have very limited uh, interior staterooms. Oceana does have... A large majority of balcony ships. The marina is no exception. Uh, uh, Actually, there's only probably between 20 and 24 interior staterooms. On the the new marina and 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 probably the same number of ocean views. So this is a true balcony product, uh, giving the opportunity for when you're in ports of call to spend some time out in your balcony without having to worry to go down the pool deck to get some fresh air. Uh, The staterooms are spacious. They have uh, you know the balcony staterooms on the the previous ships were about 212 square feet. The new staterooms are about 242. So there was a little bit of a jump. They've enhanced those uh, uh, rooms through enlarging the. Uh, bathrooms, uh, putting in tubs, full tubs in all, uh, Ocean View, Balcony staterooms, as well as uh, creating a little bit uh, more of a a luxury feel, uh, higher quality linens, the higher thread sheet uh, sheets, as well as uh, putting some uh, original artwork in the room. So you're getting those rich woods, wonderful decor, as well as, again, some, some one-of-a-kind, uh, very contemporary artwork in your room.
0: It's interesting that they uh, use the space more for a, a tub and then sacrifice, you know, with smaller shower space. Does that mean that their target is more women?
4: You know, that's kind of what my my thought process is. But Oceana has spent a lot of time. They actually flew in uh, several of their top accounts uh, to uh, the shipbuilding yard in Italy and uh, got their their feel. They actually got the input from past guests as well as uh, some of their high-end accounts. So a lot of thought process went into what was going to be the best opportunity for the client and the passenger on board. And I think they did get that in the, the, the balcony staterooms as well as their penthouses, which have always been known for their very spacious showers and large tubs.
2: For our listeners who have never sailed on a luxury line before, like, like Crystal or Oceana and stuff, and they you know more along of the mass market lines as far as like Royal Caribbean, uh, Holland and such, what can they expect uh, when they board an uh,
1: Oceana uh, cruise? Bob? First and foremost, I think that they will immediately feel overall higher level of service on board. On the marina for example, there are guests per crew member so that's an extraordinary guest to staff ratio and the staff are treated very well Oceana my sense is Oceana pays them very well and they are able to get some of the best in the industry and it shows they're very well trained European staff members Um, and so service is number one on Oceana then you get to the the quality of the cuisine and I think Oceana in my opinion, is among the best, if not the best, cuisine at sea. And there's a broad selection of food. They have a partnership with master chef Jacques Pepin, who many people know from his television shows and his his cookbooks he's actually sailing aboard the cruise with us uh today and he has a partnership he's designed many of their meals on board in fact there's a specialty restaurant named after him on board uh, the marina which is new for for the oceana line and then just the the elegant decor there's nothing gaudy about it it is it is uh as i mentioned before sheer elegant, uh, rich woods, rich upholsteries, lots of fine artwork. You could spend an entire day, I think, going through the ship and just looking at the artwork and the glasswork, and the sculptures that are on board. They worked with Lalique to design the staircase and many tables that are positioned throughout the ship. So lots of unique features on on the marina, uh, and I think guests are going to be pleasantly surprised. And for those people who are who have experienced the premium line and are looking for kind of stepping up without making the big jump to crystal or to region. I, I know for a fact that they will not be disappointed on Oceana. In fact, many of our guests that we've booked on Oceana have been first-time Oceana guests, and that's the only line they now sail. They keep coming back over and over. There's an extraordinary repeat client base on Oceana.
2: I know a lot of listeners and myself am curious. So how's the smoking situation on board? Well, Oceana is
4: very strict when it comes to smoking. Uh, they have uh, two designated areas on board the ship, and you're only allowed to smoke in those two designated areas. Um, in the past uh, there have been people that have been warned and a second time they were caught in an area that they were not allowed to or escorted off the ship so they are extremely cautious about the safety of their staff the safety of the the passengers on board as well as uh, just the the overall safety of of keeping the ship uh, smoke free to having any fire or any
1: accidental issues that have happened in previous ships. Tell us about the entertainment on board. Historically, Oceana has not been known for its entertainment. Um, For Oceana guests, I think what's been important has been the size of the ships, has been the service level, and it's also been the ports of call, because Oceana is very port-intensive. But having said that, I think Oceana recognizes that that has been a weakness of theirs, and so on the marina, for the first time, they have introduced actual production shows, and while I'm I'm on a very brief cruise here, which is is kind of an inaugural um, voyage, the entertainment I thought has been very good. Um, Again, you know, I think for the most part, people who sail on Oceana are not necessarily coming for the entertainment. It's it's not really a product about that. It's more a product about exceptional service levels, about visiting extraordinary ports of call. One of the nice things about Oceana and the size of its ships is that it can it can get actually into ports of call that larger ships simply can't get to. So you're going to see some extraordinary itineraries that are coming out in March for 2012. There, uh, Oceana is releasing its itineraries for uh, Europe 2012. Both on on the marina and the brand new ship that will be coming out in April 2012, the Riviera. Um, And they'll be visiting 145 ports to call. And for the first time actually introducing some seven-night itineraries which will, I think, allow some people who have not yet experienced Oceana both the time and perhaps be able to afford uh, experiencing Oceana to see what this great product has to offer that maybe haven't been able to do it in the past.
0: That's Bob Miller joined by Jim Work, both luxury travel counselors. Uh, Jim, give us y'all's Twitter and facebook and all the
4: information there we're we're on twitter known as uh, cruise palette we are uh luxurycruisecounselors.com and we are based in alexandria virginia
1: facebook we don't have an active account but that's something that we're looking for but uh but yeah look for us on luxurycruisecounselors.com and um we'd love to answer any questions that anybody has about oceana cruises thanks for being with us on cruise radio you bet thank you thanks guys If you missed any part of the show
4: or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on radio channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio.
0: Every week we like to try and save you some money, courtesy of cruisesforless.com. This week it's all about Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas and their brand new Allure of
2: the Seas. These ships are so amazing. They have everything under the sun on them. Rock climbing walls, zip lines, a miniature Central Park. Two surf simulators in the back. Also a
0: big aqua theater
2: where they do diving shows.
0: Take note of these dates and these prices. March 26th, Board the Oasis Balcony, starting from nine forty nine.
2: March twenty seventh on the Allure of the Seas, same price, same cabin, nine hundred and forty nine dollars. April
0: 9th, Oasis Balcony, eleven forty nine.
2: Or still on April tenth on the Allure, starting at just nine ninety nine.
0: April twenty third, an Oasis Balcony from $11.49.
2: Finally, April twenty fourth, the Allure of the Seas, starting at just nine ninety nine per person. These balconies overlook Central Park or the Boardwalk, which makes it
0: perfect for people watching. Now, if you choose any one of those dates, in addition to that, really. Low balcony rate, you'll also get $300 in exclusive extras, $100 onboard spending cash, specialty dining experience, and a spa treatment with a bottle of wine. Call 888 973 SHIP to take advantage of this. That's 888 973 7447 or go to slash cruise radio. These cruises must be booked by 8 p.m. Monday, February 28th. All right, that's going to do it. Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy, will be back with us next week. Before we go, we want to touch upon Stitcher Radio. We are now on Stitcher Radio. This is really cool.
2: Yeah, if you have an iPhone, a BlackBerry, a Droid, uh, any smartphone, you can download the Stitcher Radio app for free and basically take uh, Cruise Radio on the road with you wherever you go.
0: Yeah, it's really just a more efficient way to get your podcast without having to sync with your computer.
2: Just go to the App Store and type in Stitcher or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the link.
0: From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on
4: iTunes, Twitter. Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.